الجزيرة بودكاست A toxic mystery is playing out in girls' classrooms across Iran. Schoolgirls in Iran are being poisoned and taken to hospital. Students around the country report smelling something strange, like rotten fruit or bad perfume. And then the symptoms set in. I smelled something like gas, and as we left the classroom, I felt really sick. I was coughing and couldn't breathe. The poisonings are just the latest concern for Iranian schoolgirls and their parents. Last year, Iran's young women were at the forefront of a protest movement under the banner of Woman, Life, Freedom. School girls are protesting against the authorities. In fact, they have become one of the biggest challenges for the Iranian regime. So what do we know about the wave of attacks? And what do they say about the future of girls in Iran? I'm Malika Bilal, and this is The Take. Today, I'm speaking to Al Jazeera's Dorsa Jabari, who's been covering this story from Tehran. So I want to start with the first case that we know of, which took place in Qom in November of last year. How did you first hear about the attack? Well, the attack took place at a time when there was a lot of other things happening. If you recall, in November, there was a lot of protests following the death of Mahsa Amini in September. The 22-year-old died in custody last week after being arrested by so-called morality police. Protesters continue to risk their lives as militiamen fire tear gas and live ammunition at them. I think the height of the protests was in November. They were marking also the anniversary of the protests that took place in 2019. They refer to that as Bloody November in Iran. Demonstrators are commemorating 2019's bloody November when hundreds were killed during popular protests spurred by rising fuel prices. The news of the incident in Qom wasn't really that highlighted because there was a lot of other things happening. But we did hear about a suspicious event taking place in Qom, about a number of girls in a school becoming ill. At first, nobody really thought much of it. Even the parents and the local authorities thought it was just a fluke or something, a bug that was going around. They didn't really pinpoint it to it being a targeted attack. And then we heard of attacks taking place again in Rome. In one school, it happened twice, mm. um, which was very, very odd. And that was when the local officials and the parents of those girls started raising alarm, mm-hmm. saying this is not a coincidence, it's not a fluke, this is a targeted attack. So that attack in Qom was the first, but there have been many, many more in cities across the country. And there was a rapid increase last week, with several schools being hit all at once. We heard of schools in the suburbs of Tehran being attacked on Tuesday. And I remember going into work on Wednesday morning 
trying to find people that I knew that might know someone from those areas so I could talk to some of the the girls or their parents to try and figure out what had happened. And while I was chasing that, attacks were taking place in Tehran itself in various schools. Within the span of maybe four hours that I was at work, 10 schools we heard were attacked in Tehran. Mm. Another 16 other schools in other parts of Iran. Girls in those attacks reported similar patterns and symptoms. I smelled something like gas. All the students did too. But I felt it more because I have asthma. And when I came back to the classroom, I couldn't tolerate the smell. And when I left, I fell down the stairs. By the end of Wednesday, last week, there was 26 schools attacked. And I would say probably about four or 500 girls were taken to hospital. But on Saturday, the poisoning struck at least 40 more schools across the country. Breaking news coming out of Iran, where dozens of schoolgirls across five provinces are in hospital after a new wave of suspected poisoning attacks. This sounds terrifying, and it must be terrifying to be a young girl in Iran right now going to school. What do we know about how the attacks have looked. The girls are in their classrooms. And the one common thing that I've heard, now this is in no way a exact assessment of what has taken place, but from the girls that I've spoken to and their friends, the common factor is that they hear some kind of a loud noise and then they smell something odd while they're sitting in their classrooms. The attacks have happened usually by noon, local time, so in the first half of the school day. And that's all they know. There isn't a lot of information that they have to go on. Dorsa spoke with a young girl while she was reporting. Her friend goes to one of the schools that was attacked. And her friend told her that she also heard that loud noise. And then they smelt something strange, and then they all became ill, basically. And this young girl, she's 13 years old, She suffers from asthma, so she was the first to really feel the effects of this gas. The other girls in the class also tried to leave the classroom, and then some of them fainted. There was a few girls who lost feeling in their limbs, so they were falling over. Just horrific scenes, as one can imagine. And I spoke to her friend who said that, you know, her family took her to the hospital, and then She was discharged, she went home, and then she became ill a few hours later and she went back to the hospital. Oh, wow. Which is why I haven't been able to get in touch with any of them. The ones I have been able to locate, they are being readmitted to hospital. So they're not even well enough to speak uh, to anyone at the moment. Obviously, different bodies react differently to the substance, but the sort of common symptoms that we've heard from the girls across the country is dizziness, headaches, nausea, they can't breathe, they feel like they're suffocating. And, you know, if the girls have asthma or pre-existing conditions, obviously their bodies will react more severely. There have been videos spreading around Farsi language, social media, and they show what appears to be the aftermath of some of these attacks Are there any in particular that have stuck with you? Yeah, there's one of a a young girl. She's probably about 12 or 11 on a hospital bed. Um, 
the bed is against the wall and, and her face is blurred, I believe. And she's screaming that she can't breathe. There are doctors or nurses around her trying to help her, but it's just a very, very disturbing image. And she's crying, just pleading for help. And there's nothing that people are trying to help her, but really it's just very difficult to process. Can you tell me a little bit more about what the schools are like? What do we know about what the schools are like? Are they segregated? Yes, the schools have been segregated since the revolution of 1979 here. I went to school here when I was young, and from the first grade, from even preschool, they're all segregated. Some universities are mixed, not all. The targets are all female schools. There's one school, a boys' school, that was attacked a while back. That's the only one we know of. The universities that also have been attacked have been girls' universities, the ones that are segregated. There are specific universities that are just for girls as well. And that's um, that's really what we know. So whatever this is, whoever is behind this, really, it's very difficult to predict how they're going to move forward or why they chose the places that they did. But they did start in Rome. That's the only thing we know at this point. After the break, a look at what the Iranian government has and hasn't done with what they do know. I'm Charles Dance, your narrator for Hindsight, a dramatized podcast from Al Jazeera. We meet the people who changed the way we think about our world and those who left it marked by their infamy. Hindsight from Al Jazeera, wherever you get your podcasts. I'm speaking with Al Jazeera's Dorsa Jabari about the wave of school poisonings taking place across Iran. One thing she mentioned, it's not just the students getting sick. It's important to point out that the the teachers, the support staff at the schools are also becoming ill. They're also victims as well. But I think we can safely say now the girls are the targets. It is very, very disturbing to think somebody will go to these lanes. And it cannot be one person or two. Clearly, this is a coordinated, highly orchestrated and thought out plan to target girls' education in Iran, to try and scare them, to instill fear in them, to try and prevent them from going back to school. And I think it's important to point out it started in Rome, which is one of the most religious conservative cities in Iran. And it is the heartland, really, of the religious schools, the seminaries. Why is it important that it started there, in that city? Because some have said that in the religious heartland, there could be an argument made by the very ultra-conservative groups or people or entities that they believe that girls should not be getting an education that women should have a role inside the house and not in the public sphere, and that would start with an education. Dorsa says that even in Qom, that opinion that girls should not be getting an education is not a popular one. We saw a number of parents in Qom about two weeks ago, who were outside the offices of local officials yelling at them, and they got into fights with them about the fact that they were not doing anything about these attacks. And they're not the only ones speaking out. 
We've even had high-ranking clerics from Rome saying that this should not be happening. The government should be involved. They should be providing more safe spaces for girls to study in classrooms in this country. Again, these attacks started in late November, so more than three months ago now. And the Iranian government downplayed them at first. But it seems over the past week, we've started to hear more and more from officials about what's happened. What kind of reaction are you seeing now from the authorities? And why has that changed? Well, the initial reaction was that they could be coincidences, but it was clear by Tuesday that they were not coincidences. The girls did not have the flu or it wasn't food poisoning going around or anything like that. And we heard from the president on Wednesday who then instructed the interior ministry and the intelligence apparatuses to get involved to try and figure out who is behind the attack and make some arrests. On Friday, March 3rd, President Ibrahim Raisi suggested the poisonings were part of a combined war against Iran waged by the country's enemies. One day street chaos, one day financial, currency and economic disturbances, and one day creating security issues in education and schools. These are tricks that the enemies design and implement to disappoint the people. Iran's supreme leader, Ayatollah Ali Khamenei has since spoken out too. This is not a small crime. This is a crime against the most innocent part of society, meaning children, and is causing fear and insecurity in the minds of society and concerns families. These are not small matters. These must be seriously pursued. But a lot of people say that's not happening. Last week, state television reported one arrest of a driver of a truck that was seen carrying chemicals next to some schools. Then on Tuesday, the government announced several more people had been arrested across five provinces. Besides that, the only other arrest that's been reported has been of a journalist in Qom who's been covering the attacks. Iranians, especially parents, are responding with a mix of anger and panic. Protests have popped up around the country as people demand answers from the government. And some parents are talking about keeping their children out of school, especially as fear sets in for girls who've been subject to the poisonings. I think that says a lot about the anger that people are feeling. That that is one of the reasons. Because the, the authorities didn't take it seriously and they haven't acted quickly enough. I think regardless of whether or not there is foreign influence in these attacks, it is the responsibility of the government to ensure a safe space for these girls. And the parents have every right to be afraid. I mean, I've spoken to people who have daughters who are even in the school system, they're in preschool, uh, and they are saying they're not going to let their daughters go back until about a month from now when the New Year holidays are over here in April because you just don't know. They don't know what could happen. Yeah. They don't want to take the risk. You know, it's hard to hear about these poisonings without thinking back to the wave of protests that started in September of last year. And that was, of course, after the Iranian Kurdish woman, Gina Masamini, died in custody after she was detained by Iran's morality police. During the protests... 
Lots of videos came out showing girls protesting within their schools. Is this something that you're hearing people mention? Is there a connection to be made? People are making a connection between the two events, but it's very difficult to say at this point because those images that came out during the protests, it was difficult for people to identify where the schools were for a specific reason. You know, the girls didn't want to identify themselves. Their, their faces were blurred. They're being filmed from behind the head. But there have been people over the past few days who have made claims that these are some of the schools where those protests took place. And this is some groups of people who are basically seeking their own revenge on those girls who voiced their discontent with the uh, government and the system. But again, it's very difficult to make that connection right now without having all the facts. But people have said it's a, it's a possibility. So between the crackdown from those protests and this wave of poisonings, how are Iranians feeling about the government's ability to keep them safe? The people of Iran at the moment have no faith in their government. Wow. On any level. For the government to not take any responsibility or not to be able to say we are doing our best or come out with a plan immediately instead of starting to point blame at external forces or influences is something very much at the forefront of why people are disillusioned with this government. They have no faith in them to run the country's economy. They have no faith in the government to be able to provide any security. And this latest attacks on these girls is an example of that on a whole other level. Because adults can withstand insecurity themselves to a certain extent. But when it comes to their children in this country, it's a whole other ballgame. And that's The Take. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to The Take wherever you get your podcasts and rate and review us. We'd love to hear what you think. If social media is more your thing, reach out to us at AJE Podcasts on Twitter and Instagram. And I'm at M-M-B-I-L-A-L. This episode was produced by Nagin Oliai with Ashish Malhotra, Khalid Sultan, Miranda Lynn, Chloe K. Lee, Amy Walters, and me, Malika Bilal. Alex Roldan is our sound designer. Adam Abugad and Munira Aldusari are The Take's engagement producers. Alexandra Locke is our executive producer. And Ney Alvarez is Al Jazeera's head of audio. We'll be back.